That's Honey in the Rock. Amen. If you don't know, that's very scriptural. There's several places in the Bible mentions that God feeds by honey from the rock. Oh, uh, glory to God. Do you know you can get a jar of honey, put it on your table, come back 100 years later, and it's not spoiled? Now, it may be a little, you know, need a little warm water on it, but it just lasts. That's God's provision. That's better than any other kind of preservation there is because it's natural, it's godly. <laughs> so you got to live to be at least 100 to try that out. So, <laughs> Byron, go ahead and put your jar of honey on your table today so you come back 100 years from now, okay? I don't think you want to stay around that long, though, do you? <laughs> Just another 50, okay? <laughs> Praise God. Good to see you this morning. Glad you're here. And uh, we, uh, we're going to have a good time this morning. And uh, Jesus is in the house. Praise God. I haven't done any jokes in several weeks, so I thought, well, I better do a couple of jokes. I know Chris is kind of getting disappointed when I don't give a joke, you know, so... Anyway, there's this older lady and an older, maybe I should say a more mature lady and a more mature man, married, and they're having a little discussion. And he's sitting on the couch reading a book, and she comes up to him and says, I noticed you haven't been playing golf lately. And he says, I don't have anybody to play with. She said, well, what about Clyde? Would you play with someone who cheats on the score and moves the ball when you're not looking? She said, well, I guess not. Well, neither will Clyde. <laughs> Send that one to Howard, okay? <laughs> the church critic, I didn't like worship today. God, they weren't worshiping you. Amen. It's, the other one's on the bottom. So, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Nothing stings like something with a little humor in it. <laughs> Good to see you again and again and again. I could say that all day long. It would be, still be true. What happened to the miracles? Oh, let me make one more announcement. We're not doing Wednesday nights for the rest of this month. We're picking up the first Wednesday in October. We'll be doing a series. It's, uh, I, I don't really want to call it spiritual disciplines, but that's what it is. But spiritual disciplines doesn't really tell you a lot. Uh, it just tells you things that you need to incorporate in your life to have spiritual success. But if you pick up 10 books on spiritual disciplines, you'll get 10 different you know, deals, and they're probably all good. It's not a matter that you know, you're going to be wrong if you pray more here, or you meditate on the Word more here, or you do this, or you do that, or whatever. But uh, we're going to do some things that may be a little different, and uh, really encourage you with that. So uh, you want to come in October, November, in the first half of December, we'll do, I think we've got it planned for 10 weeks, and then uh, we'll skip uh, Christmas. Miss the, we'll miss the week of Thanksgiving. We'll miss uh, the last two weeks in December. And then we'll come back in January um, with the covenant. And that's going to be deeper than you ever imagined. 
So for all you people who want to go deep, uh, we're going we're gonna to do it that way. And all of you that I don't want to go too deep, that's okay. Uh, it's, you're not going to be disappointed because quite often the Holy Spirit will minister milk and meat at the same time. He is able. Hallelujah. Okay, what happened to miracles? You know, God used to be, or maybe he still is, we're going to find out today, a miracle-working God. The greatest miracle ever was creation. Poof. And science has now discovered <laughs> that the, um, the creation had a cause. And there was something behind it. Actually, there was probably someone who was creative. And there was someone or something that had intelligence. And they're calling it intelligence, intelligent design. And that is really to the point of indisputable. So that doesn't prove the God we know, but it does prove that. And then from that, we can discover the God that we know over and over and over and over and over again. Praise God. Well, it's not difficult for any of us to see in today's world around us that we have a messed up culture as a country and uh, really a world. Uh, and I'm not going to bore you today with mentioning a list of things. Most of you are pretty well have heard the things before or have seen the things before. And you know that, uh, especially those of you that are more mature, know, and I mean that age-wise, uh, know that there, we have seen better times in the country. But we also know we've seen a pretty bad time before, too, uh, several times in our American history that we've had issues. So um, anyway, uh, I asked the question, if we want to see change, who is responsible for that change to happen? Who? I see one hand pointing. Yeah, okay, there's, there's some more now. Okay, we need to look in the mirror. Okay, thank you. Do you think there's a correlation between a mediocre church and a messed up world? Okay? Okay. So what... Can we do about it? Thank you for asking that question. I appreciate that. Well, we have a very novel suggestion. Here it is. Are you ready? Pray while you read the Bible and other good books. Watch videos of other parts of the world and what God may be doing in other places. Are even American church history. Talk with people who are alive in earlier years and can share things with you. For instance, uh, I have a friend that graduated high school last millennium with me, and uh, he happens to be a, a Baptist pastor. And I was talking to him one day, and he told me that he had took a class with his professor, new G. Morgan Campbell. Now, most people in church have never heard of G. Morgan Campbell. But see, you have an opportunity now to go dig out and find out who G. Morgan Campbell was. Uh, thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> this is yes, this is no, and this is I don't know. Okay. 
But at least these things will get you started to open your eyes to the plan of heaven rather than the other plan. Okay, so we have miracles all the way through the Bible, including the Old Testament. What's the first thing you learn if, when you're six, seven, eight years old about the Bible, about Jesus, about God, about anything? You start reading about the miracles. And also, we have miracles all the way through the New Testament, including the book of Revelation, the, the last book there is. So you got miracles in the first, you got miracles in the last book, and you got them all the way through. Well, when do we see these miracles? And why do we see these miracles? Why were they in the Bible? Why did God even do them in the first place? Well, God wants to show several things. First of all, he wants to bring glory to himself. And that's not because he's a selfish God. That's because he wants to give it away. That's where people get a lot of things messed up. Well, God's just selfish. He just, you know, he wants those things. No, he wants it for you, dude. It's good for you. You know, eat your spinach. He wants to, he wants to bring the lost in. Calling card time. My name is Jesus. I would like to talk to you. Will you please call me at your convenience? That's what most people think anyway. To unbelievers, why did Moses part the sea? Why did God tell him to do that and then do it? They were unbelievers. They weren't believers. They were Israelites. They were a called out group, yes. But weak in faith to no faith. God did a miracle to show himself strong in their behalf, and he did a miracle, well, a lot of miracles actually in that little process, to Pharaoh and all of his people. And Pharaoh didn't want to obey God. He didn't want to submit himself to God because guess what? You submit yourselves to a living God, you may need to change a few things in your life. You may have to deal with some issues. You may have to close the door to fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about. And he did those things in order to get Jesus to earth and then to make him known. Okay? We talked a little bit last week about getting Jesus to earth. You know, he had to do certain things. He had to wipe out some obstacles. And by the way, God didn't kill any of those people in the Old Testament. He just opened the door to eternity a little sooner. Get it? They had a choice. Romans 1 makes that clear. All we have to do is say, is there a God out here somewhere that did all this? And he'll get whatever he needs to you for you to be able to make friends and to know him. Praise God. So, well, some people will say, well, we've got a Bible, you know, and there's Bibles in all the stores around, and you can just go ahead and pick you one out of there and start reading. It's not my fault you didn't read the Bible. Uh, that's not going to work. And I don't think we're going to be held accountable for saying, we got a lot of Bibles printed up in the bookstores. <laughs> so moving forward, where have all the miracles gone? Let's do a little investigating. Let's start off today uh, right after 
Jesus was resurrected, we open up to Mark 16, the last book in the book of Mark, the last chapter in the book of Mark. Mark 16, 9. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. She gave a testimony. She let the world know what Jesus had done in her life. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Oh, ye of great faith. Verse 12, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported to the rest, but they still did not believe him. Later, see, um, yeah, late, verse 14, later Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. People, we don't grow weary in well-doing because one plants, one waters, and I could say this, and another waters, 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 as many watering times as it takes, and God's giving increase all the way through it. So you may tell somebody, and they may scoff at you, Ah, oh, get out of here with that Jesus stuff. And if you tell enough people, you're going to get plenty of those. I, I just tell you. Don't worry about it. You've done your responsibility. You've glorified God. You've given them a chance, an opportunity. You know, all of us have probably heard the gospel more than once when we got saved, being in America. Now, some countries, they don't hear that gospel at all. So they are still responsible, but not for transgressions, just for their sins. Transgressions happen when the law comes in, the law takes you to Jesus, and then when you meet him, we have grace. Yes. And grace is the power and in God in putting in us to be able to do what we can't do ourselves. Yes. In other words, God calls us to action and he equips us. He gives us the weapons that we need. He gives us the strength we need. He gives us the wisdom that we need. You have the mind of Christ. You ever think about that for 30 minutes or more? <sighs> meditate on the mind of Christ 30 minutes. Take your time out this week. Meditate for 30 minutes on the mind of Christ. What does that mean? What is it? What does it mean to me? How do I have a mind of Christ? I think you might as well find it in the Bible the first time too. <laughs> it's okay to smile in church. I'm not on your case. Well, not too much. Then Jesus said to them, verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now stop right there. There's a lot of people who say some things about there that don't say it's not said right there. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. There are people today and I, I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes. There are people today that say that all these kind of things like this were just for the apostles. 
just for the apostles. And when the apostles all died, everything like this passed away. Now, you can still make it to heaven. Everybody wants to make sure that you understand you can make it to heaven. They just don't want to understand you making it to heaven a little bit better than they are. Okay? So what, what this is all about is if Jesus said, go into all the world, it's going to take more than 11 guys. Okay? So just put that one to rest right now. Amen. Yes, you on YouTube. Put it to rest. We love you. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Have an health question here, okay? Verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Don't be looking at them right now. They will speak in new tongues. Well, that's passed away too. Oh, really? It's a package deal here, dude. Okay? They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Now, that's not intentional. That's accidental, those things, so don't get any wise ideas about snakes and poison. It's like Jesus said when he was tempted to jump off the temple. He said, thou shalt not. Tempt thy Lord thy God. Yes. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Well, I prayed for somebody one time and they died. Well, did you pray for the next one? And the next one? And the next one? The next one? Okay. This is so interesting to me. 19. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. If you want to see people saved, you've got to give the word of salvation. If you want to see people to prosperity, you give them prosperous word. If you want to see people healed, you, he, you speak about healing. You go read the word what is healing for me? I did this in the 80s. Okay, this preacher said something about Jesus healing today. I got to check that out. I got to get that Bible I haven't read, pull it out, and see what it says about healing. And I found out there's all these scriptures about healing. Oh my gosh, that healing in Isaiah 53 is just as pertinent as salvation is. Yes, if you can't believe in healing, how could you think you can believe in a place called heaven? Ooh, you got a little stronger, PD. Well, I tell you what, you ain't heard nothing yet. Jesus confirms his word. The word that we share is confirmed with signs following. Now, he didn't say it happened instantly. A lot of times it does, a lot of times it doesn't. 
You may share it with somebody about Jesus and salvation. And guess what? They just don't stop right then and there, but they may do it tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. Who knows? You know, I heard one of those TV preachers a long time ago. He kept preaching about it. I didn't get saved watching TV. I got saved after I was about half drunk, and I got so convicted about it. I asked Jesus to come into my soon-to-be prayer closet. It's called a van I was driving back and forth. And I got on my knees and I cried out to Jesus and he met me in that van. Jesus, come sit with you in your van. You know, it's like I needed him so desperately I was too stupid to realize it for so long. Well, prideful anyway, something like that. I don't know. But I do know there was a connection made. And there wasn't any man or woman standing there leading me to Jesus at that time. I knew what to do. I just had to do it. Just to have head knowledge about Jesus I've got head knowledge about Buddha. I don't believe it. Big old fat belly guy. <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't like what I said about your religion, if you're watching, you're a Buddhist. But I'm telling you the truth. Okay? He's not the way. Jesus Christ is. Praise God. Glory. Okay. Um, I also know that Jesus had previously said in John 5, John chapter 5, verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. When you do the things of God, there will be persecution. I remember Granbury, Texas, where I pastored in Texas, and a little town square there. And I'm out there in front of the courthouse. It was built years and years and years ago. And I'm preaching, you know? I don't have any better sense telling everybody I can about Jesus. Cars driving by, and there's a stoplight right there. It's a good place to preach. And all of a sudden, eggs started coming my way. <laughs> boom, boom. I thought, what's that? Look over there, and there's, there's an egg over here. I thought, well, it's not quite hot enough to cook them here on the sidewalk, but. They was coming from someplace, and a little two-story buildings all the way around, you know, and they had shops in the bottom and used to have people used to live upstairs. And I saw an open window, and I kind of keeping one of my eyes open. Sure enough, I saw an arm come out of it, and, and it landed just about a foot in front of my leg, and I got a little bit of egg on my shoe. Well, if that's the worst you ever get for preaching about Jesus... And I said, hey, buddy up there, come on down, join me. We got a good conversation going on here. Of course, he didn't show his face. About that time, a lady stopped in a car and opened the window. She said, keep preaching it, Sonny. Hand me a $10 bill. God has a way of bringing things around for you. Oh, my gosh. John 5, 16, let's go to 17 now. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. In other words, it's okay to see somebody get preached to or healed on Sunday. Of course, the Sabbath is not Sunday, but anyway, we won't go into all that right now. But it's, it, you know, every day, Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So it's supposed to be a day for God. It's not supposed to be a day that we don't do anything. We just kind of sit still. For this reason, they all tried all the more to kill him. 
Now, in, in chapter 4, we had just read about that uh, he had sat down in the chair that was reserved for Messiah. He's concerned, he's, in his first sermon, he is showing that he is Messiah. And, of course, that's blasphemy to people. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's not on me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are, that are captive, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He's putting it all right before him. Oh, my gosh, what's he doing? He's quoting the Word. Quoting the Word. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath... But he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, if you're a Jehovah Witness and you'll read the footnote in God's translation, uh, God's Word translation, which is not a translation, it's a book written by men, uh, you'll see a footnote in there that says that this isn't saying what it's saying. <laughs> it's not saying what it's saying. Okay, well, how do you know that? Are you a Greek scholar? How, how did the people that wrote your footnotes, how did they know that? Because they weren't Greek scholars either. We welcome you to the truth. Your intentions are good, but your means are wrong. And yes, Jesus was not Michael the archangel. Okay? Jehovah Witness person, come on in. Let's talk about it. I'm not going to yell, scream, jump up and down and holler. Love you. Want to see you in kingdom. The one that the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. Verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Verily, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what his father, what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. In other words, they're one. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. God is not turning things down. He's turning them up. And as we get more and more into the last days, there's going to be more and more possibilities with God, more confirmations. God wants to save all. He wills that none perish, but all become saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And by the way, that person that's, uh, maybe there's more than one, but there's one for sure, Jehovah Witness. Uh, the truth of the matter is that you may not be in the 144,000. In fact, you're not in there. I can tell you that right now. So don't work yourself you need to get in the real Bible and find out what God really said, and he will show you a life of peace and joy and love beyond your wildest imaginations. And you can forget the organization. You can come into the body of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where are the miracles? Hold it just a minute. Lots of preachers say that those miracles have passed away. We don't need them. God won't let them happen anymore. Or fill in the blank. Well, I prayed for someone that I love and they died. Or I asked God to take away a certain aspect of my behavior and he didn't. So I just know it's okay to be gay. Oh, I'm sorry. Just know it's okay to be whatever. No matter what the Bible says. Because God didn't take it away from me. 
No, there's a process. It's called sanctification, separating from the old and joining in with the new. And it'll help when you get born again, filled with the Spirit, and believe the Word of God. Hallelujah. And if he can change a turd like me into a God-loving, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking, heaven-walking person, he can change you too. Sorry, Miss Jones, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings there. No. Okay. So I have another question. What does God say about miracles passing away? What, after we've just read that? Never mind. What about, okay, well, last book in the Old Testament, Malachi 3, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Isn't it interesting that he said that in the last book of Old Testament, getting ready to go into the New Testament? Well, it wasn't written that way, no, but it was inspired to put it that way. And it was written, the most recent um, writing in the Old Testament was Malachi. Okay. Well, what about the New Testament? You're, you guys are asking me some good questions today. I, I really appreciate that. Hebrews 13, 6, the last part of that verse. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can human beings do to me? Verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He didn't pass away. He wasn't resurrected to do nothing. He was resurrected for a purpose. He's the one that you'll sit, if you're not saved, that you'll see at the judgment seat. You don't want that one. Judgment seat of Christ is not for born-again Christians. It's for those who refused to accept the Lord. They have a choice. Isn't, isn't it strange what the Lord put in the Word next <laughs> in Hebrews 13? In 6, He said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then what does He say next? Verse 9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Is it good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace? Or it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by the eating of ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who observe such rituals. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. You are his beloved, as we sang this morning. You are. That's personal. Relationship with God is personal. It's not a relationship that Carol knows, a relationship that Kelly knows, or a relationship that Terry knows, or anybody else. It's personal. Part of the situation that we have today in today's culture is that church leaders have taught that miracles have ceased. Others just disregard it, don't act like it. 
Others are going through a new movement called progressive Christianity, which is not Christianity. It's a doctrine of demons that we just got through being warned about. They take away the emphasis of the blood of Jesus Christ, paying for sins, and they bring out other things. And some of those people are on wall-to-wall television, videos, internet, whatever. Big names. That's not to say everybody's doing it, because they're not. But there are a select few. They're trying to do that. And they start backing off just a little bit at a time, a little bit. Gradualization is one of the biggest tools of the devil. To you individually, to the church collectively, to whatever. Gradualization is one of the biggest tools of the devil. I thought we still had lost people out there. Uh, Yes, I still think we have some unbelieving believers too. Yeah. We want to help that. We want to minimize that. We want to do our share to share the gospel. And I'm talking about with the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, not just talking about what used to happen. That's good. We should talk about what used to happen because that's inspirational. But God wants us to do that and more. There's more people on earth today. There's billions of people that have one foot in hell. And we need to be the stopgap and say, no, you can't go any further. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about life. Let me tell you, tell you about eternity and the one I know. Well, then what's the deal? Okay, I'm not through with my presentation yet. Hold your horses, right, Sarge. Okay. What's next? What's happened to miracles? Well, we should look at two other things. We should look at Christian history since the first and second centuries, and we should look on what's going on outside the U.S. today. So where are all the miracles? Golly, y'all are just so good today. You asked that question. So because you have, I have a few samples to share with you on a few things. This is my miracle bag I'm not going to pull a rabbit out of it, okay? Now, and Kelly's not either. But just to give you an idea, I want to give you a taste of what's out there for you that you may or may not be aware of. I just got a few books out of my personal library, and I just want to share several of them with you just to kind of give you an idea, okay? Um, Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth. You want to talk about healing? You want to talk about miracles? You want to talk about something that God's done? You can read it. Come on. Smith Wigglesworth. There's a couple of books on him. I had about eight or ten more I didn't bring. Remember, that's the one you hear me say, some people read the Hebrew, read the Old Testament in the Hebrew. Some people read the Bible in the Greek. I read mine in the Holy Ghost. Documented 13 raised people that were dead in his ministry. Documented, oh, i got to tell the one about South African lady, <laughs> the Afrikaner. Holding a big tent revival in South Africa. He loved to pop people in the belly if they had a, a growth in their belly, which was quite common. He used to pop them. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And the thing would go away. 
And so this big, heavy Afrikaans woman comes up, and he pops her in the belly, and she popped him right back. <laughs> and there was a series of meetings, so the next night he was there ready to preach again, and the, the same lady came back in with a dress that was way too big for her and said, I came here to apologize to the man of God. My tumor's gone. Bodily Healing and the Atonement, my favorite book on healing right there. This was written back in the 19th century, and then it was updated by uh, Dr. Hicks and and Brother Hagin. Gives you six main principles of healing. Um, I, I know people I've given the book to that have got healed from it. Healing Waters, Oral Roberts Camp Meeting, Gospel Songs, I'll Live in the Glory, I Will Praise Him, The Healing Waters. I was a little boy, seven, eight, nine years old, used to go to my grandparents quite often on Sunday afternoons. My grandmother had on Oral Roberts on a black and white TV set. I used to be amazed at the people that threw away their crutches and things like that, little kids and older people. And he never had any of those disproven. John G. Whoops, John G. Lake. This is my largest book on him. I have many others. Uh, turn of the century. All kinds of miracles. Went to South Africa. Came back after years in South Africa. Established uh, the healing schools in Washington State, and uh, had people come to his schools. And their assignment was, before they could graduate, was find somebody who's dying and go get them healed. And don't come back until you do. Marie Wordworth Etter. Now, this is a little book. I have uh, a big one at home, uh, The Diary of Marie Wordworth Etter. This little lady, this little short, skinny lady, miracles, miracles, signs and wonders. She was preaching one time, or several times, actually, and froze right in the middle of a sentence. And usually about 20, 30 minutes later, she'd start preaching again in the same part of the sentence. But one time, she was frozen for 24 hours. Just a wonder. It's a sign. You wonder, <laughs> oh, if you're a prayer intercessor, this is the very best book there is. Reese Howe's Intercessor, written by Norman Grubb. His ministry was active in World War II for Britain that you wouldn't believe until you read this book and find out what, what all they've documented. Britain, if, if you don't know history well enough, Britain was this, if they fell, Europe would have fallen for sure before America got involved. Yeah. We will never, never, never give up, Churchill said. They prayed for their army, and they prayed against the German pilots that were supposed to be trying to drop bombs. If you thought you know how to pray, I challenge you to read this book. That's an amen, isn't it? Charles Finney, one of the greatest evangelists of the 19th century. Um, He would hold meetings, and then after... Um, after they were over, 
If you didn't get saved, he'd go knock on your door the next day. We have a few things to talk about. Signs and wonders. Uh, Presbyterian, they try to kick him out several, several times because of his doctrine, and every time he convinced them that their doctrine was wrong. Winky Prattney. Anybody ever heard of Winky Prattney besides me? I see one head shaking. Nobody else? Winky Prattney. Funny name. Uh, New Zealander. Actually a, a prince. Um, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to be in several of his live meetings. Great, great guy. Um, he, he said, there was once I wasn't saved and then I was. In other words, the salvation, he didn't make all the mistakes like you and I did. But he got saved and he made the born-again experience. And hopefully that's what some of your testimonies are. But he goes over revivals in history. This is what I hear about Daniel Boone, by the way. Tabika outpouring, Charles Parnham, speaking in tongues and other miracles. Then after that happened, actually, uh, Agnes, was it Moorhead? You remember her last name? Is Agnes one of his Bible scholars, well, Bible students? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just reach out and touch her right now. In the name of Jesus, we say, be made whole. Be made whole. In Jesus' name, we drive away all the attempts of the enemy. They'll not have place in that body. And that body will be restored with the life and resurrection of Jesus Christ and His power. And we speak to that body and say, be made whole. In the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Tabika outpouring. Uh, one of the first recorded times that um, there was a manifestation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with uh, other uh, tongues. From Tabika to Houston, Dr. Parnham went. Big. Uh, Daddy Seymour, a black man, one eye, but he wouldn't even let him in the room down in the Houston class he was teaching. He sat out in the hall, heard the word, believed it, went to a place in California called Azusa and started the Azusa revival. A man of God, a man of God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Count Zinnerdorf, the Moravians, stories there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> My favorite revival, the Welsh revival. More things than I can even say in an hour or two that I've read about it. Oh, videos are okay. I know this is VHS. A lot of you are going to laugh. What's that? <laughs> Jack Coe, this is the guy I've told you about before. Hot dog. Mama, I got saved. Hot dog. Mama, I got saved. Tent revivals galore. All kinds of signs and wonders. Raised one guy from the dead that I know of. 
One of my favorite ones, John Wesley. See, we don't hear all the truth unless you really search for it. Holy Spirit power. The supernatural occasions of John Wesley. He had a lot of demonic things that he, he, he was a tool of God to bring it to pass. A lot. We don't hear that kind of stuff. You have to dig it out. You have to dig it out. Miracles. This is uh, actually part two of a two-part series. I have part one out on loan for the last couple of years, so I'm sure when it comes back, we're going to have somebody who has a whole book memorized. I'm not going to mention any names. What are you laughing about, Brad? <laughs> These are current day miracles. Current day miracles documented by doctors. I didn't mean to bring this one in here. This, this will get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Handbook of the Bible. That's interesting too. It's full of miracles. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Folks, we have opportunities. God has placed in us, with us, for us, to go through us. Don't forget the greatest miracle of all, the new birth. Charles Spurgeon once said, What a wonder of grace it is when fierce persecutors are converted, for then the wolf dwells with the lamb, and men of cruel, ungovernable dispositions become gentle and teachable. O oh Lord, convert many such, for such we will pray tonight. After all, that's what it's all about, right? Folks, in closing, we must be the church of tomorrow. In fact, we must be the, don't miss this, we must be the church of tomorrow today. I'm going to ask you, if you would, if you prayerfully consider this, if you will stand up with me, not yet, if you see the significance of these last days ministries, that God is a God of miracles, that God is a God who wants to do more than enough, that God will use us, including the man in the mirror you see every morning, the woman you see in the mirror every morning, to be a vessel in however way Holy Spirit puts on you. That you would be that vessel to bring life, Zoe life, in the name of Jesus. And if that's you, we're going to sing this last song. And I would ask if you agree to that, that you would stand as we sing. Okay? The God of revival. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands. Come on. Lift up your hands. Give him glory. Hallelujah. It's more than just hand clapping. Hallelujah. Giving him glory haha, is releasing and yielding to him all power and honor. Hallelujah. It's do his name. And he's the healer. He's the one who makes whole. He's the one who restores. Hallelujah. It is just as alive today as it ever was. Hallelujah. Just like Pastor Dan said, heaven is pregnant. Hallelujah. With miracles, signs, and wonders. He's looking for those who will walk in what's called belief. Hallelujah. We believe. Hallelujah. Faith. Hallelujah. Jesus could not do many miracles in his own hometown. Why? Because of what? Their unbelief. Hallelujah. The world does not like to listen to that nowadays. They don't like hearing that. Hallelujah. Because then it disproves what they are standing for. Hallelujah. But we believe in a God of miracles, signs, wonders, demonstrations of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Alive and well today in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Begin to stand for your healing. Begin to stand for your miracle. Begin to stand once again. Hallelujah. Some of you have let go of some things, uh, but by the Spirit, I hear the Spirit of God saying, Hallelujah, come once again. Stand once again. Hallelujah. I will help you up. Hallelujah. Stand. Watch what I will do. And I just thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You know what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Here's that issue with miracles again. Okay, those miracles, hallelujah, begin to lay up treasures in heaven. Begin to see things from a, from a heavenly perspective. What can God do in the midst of this? Hallelujah. What does God have to say about it? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, what does God have to say about it? Hallelujah. What does God have to say about it? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your belief, your unbelief, there your heart will be what? Also. Hallelujah. You stand for what you know the word of God says and what our God stands for. Hallelujah. And you're unmoved. Hallelujah. And so when you give today, even in your finances, even in your monies, okay, you will give according to what's in your heart. Hallelujah. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Okay. And so, okay, as a child of God, if you trust and believe in who he is, what's going to happen? You're going to release based upon your standing, upon your trust and on the belief of what God is able to accomplish and do. Amen. Hallelujah. So we give several different ways. You know about texting to give. We do online. Also, you know, the, the envelope's in the back and, and drop it in the uh, envelope in the box back there. Okay. Uh, some other announcements uh, for the rest of this month. Everyone say for the rest of this month. That's called September. Okay. The rest of September. Okay. We won't have any uh, Wednesday services. We'll pick that back up in October. Okay. Now, if you have prayer requests... If you have prayer requests, okay, we ask that you uh, get those connect cards that are there in the back and, and write out your prayer requests. We pray over them. We pray over them, okay? 
We do, okay? And, and oh, by the way, I just wanted to let some of us, we prayed over Rick Ritter on Wednesday. He was not doing well. He suffered a few strokes, and, and uh, he was in the hospital, and things were not looking good. He was going in for surgery, and uh, doctors didn't know what to do, and guess what happened? I was able to go there Thursday, was it Thursday night, prayed with Rick and, and Gail, prayed the prayer of healing and wholeness over him, and when the doctors came back the next morning, Friday morning, they did some more tests and they said, we don't know what took place, but there is no issue whatsoever. Amen. Miracles, signs, wonders follow those who believe. Miracles follow the word. We prayed the word and signs and wonders followed that. Hallelujah. So I wanted you to remember that. Kids joining us for worship and are dismissed right after the song services are over with from now on until further notice. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't you love the people, the kids, and, and uh, Miss Monica here with us this morning in song time? Uh, September birthdays. Mm, we have Tim uh, right over there. It's a birthday for him on the 10th, as well as Lakita Smith. Hers was yesterday on the 10th. Uh, let's give him a hand clap. And Phil, our wonderful Phil, 101 years old on the 13th, hallelujah. And then Carol will be, hers will be on the 20th. And then we have Sarge, his is on the 23rd. And then we have Benny's and Katina's on the 25th. So uh, let's sing a quick happy birthday to all of them. Uh, we've got seven of them. <laughs> this month, last month there was one. Oh, Jaden is on the what? On the 26th? Wow, so we got eight of them. Okay, wow. So we're going to sing happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And just remember another last one for those who feel a little weird for that one. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. <laughs> Let's uh, stand. <laughs> Gotta go and flow. <laughs> There's so many ways to do happy birthday. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to just dismiss. We just bless you in the name of Jesus. Go forth with the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. May the word be rich inside of you. Hallelujah. May the miracle signs and wonders that you stand for come forth. Hallelujah. And be seen and demonstrated. Hallelujah. Starting from now onward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We just thank you for the complete healing and wholeness of our sister here. We praise you and thank you. Hallelujah. That every single thing that we've prayed out. Hallelujah. That we've stood for. Hallelujah. The miracles, the signs, and the wonders are released. Hallelujah. And seen and understood and embraced. Hallelujah. We just thank you for how this will work through the whole week. And we just thank you for the results of it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. come back next Sunday. I'll be preaching next Sunday. So sp spread the word. Pastor Dan will be in Las Vegas. We pray the blessing of the Lord over him. He will speak exactly what the Lord wants to decree and declare over that congregation with Pastor Jerry and Tony in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs>